and welcome to the Cinderella series, a podcast highlighting the greatest underdogs in sports. I'm Davis Johnson, and today I'm going back yet again to the 2007 college ball season. Now, I know I visited this season a couple months ago with Appalachian State in Michigan, but the game I'm talking about today, uh, many argue that this is actually a greater upset uh, than Appalachian State's feet over Michigan in September of that year. I'm talking about late September, uh, USC versus Stanford. Stanford being a 41 points, 41 point underdog uh, per betting lines, which uh, ended up being the greatest point spread upset in college football history until Howard beat UNLV in 2017. Uh, it's weird, weird to think that uh, this game, the Michigan State Appalachian Michigan Appalachian State game could be topped by a game in the same year. Uh, but that's 2007 for you. You know, just these two teams were in the Pac-10, their conference foes, so it's really weird to think about how that game was different than a blue blood against a nobody FCS team. So it's just weird to think about. Uh, but, yeah, so now we're going to talk about the Cardinal versus the Trojans. No, not the uh, Andrew Luck uh, Cardinal or the Christian McCaffrey Stanford Cardinal and not the mediocre at best Trojans who were last seen getting blown out by Iowa in the Holiday Bowl. So without further ado... Enjoy the episode. Coming into this game, there was a reason why USC was favored by over 41 points against the Stanford Cardinal. So let's size up the two teams for a second. USC was not only good, per se. uh, They were the best program in the country. No ifs and buts about it. Think Alabama-era Nick Saban, except under the bright lights of Los Angeles and not in the middle of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Even, even before their dominance in the early 2000s, USC was considered one of college football's most legendary programs with nine national titles before 2000. But they were a middling program throughout the 90s, and that's why Pete Carroll was hired in 2001. Let's check how well he has done. 6-6 uh, six and six in 2001, 11-2 in 2002, so a big jump between his first year and second year, and his third year was when things really began to take off. 12 and 1 with a national title in 2003, 13 and 0 with a national title in 2004, and then a 12 and 1 12 and 1 record with a loss in the title game to Vince Young in Texas in 2005, and 11 and 2 in, in 2006. So three straight years, three straight national title appearances, winning two of them. From 2002 onward, Pete Carroll and the Trojans had lost a whopping six games in five years. Uh, the losses uh, at number 25 Kansas State and at number 17, Washington State in 2002, at Cal and Aaron Rodgers in 2003, no losses in 2004, and versus number two, Texas in the National Championship Rose Bowl in 2005, and in 2006, uh, at Oregon State and at UCLA. So now, sure, there were some uh, head-scratching losses in there, obviously unranked Oregon State and UCLA being at the top, Uh, but no losses at home in five years is the main takeaway here. Uh, Simply put, the Trojans were the best program in college football, and uh, they were even better at L.A. Memorial Coliseum. Ironically, the last home loss for the Trojans actually came on September 29, 2001, when undefeated Stanford came to town and won 21-16 against the one-win one Trojans. Uh, the tables could not have been reversed more heading into this game. And then there's Stanford. Now, this is Stanford before Andrew Luck. You know, before three Rose Bowl appearances in four years in early in the early 2010s, and before the amazing game-breaking ability of Christian McCaffrey, this Stanford 
hasn't won a national title since 1940. And even worse, no winning record since 2001. So yes, coming into 2007, the Cardinal were in the midst of a five-year streak of losing records and no bowl appearances. And 2006 was the worst year yet in the streak. The Cardinals painfully dragged their way to a 1-11 season. So they were probably, arguably, the worst team in the Power Five. And they're probably one of the worst teams in college football, period. Their offense, 10.6 points per game, good for second to last in college football. And their defense, 31.4 points per game allowed, which was 108th out of 119 teams. So they were one of the worst teams on offense and defense, which is as bad as it can get. Uh, They lost to teams like San Jose State and Navy, and they also experienced the worst loss of the season at home to the mighty USC Trojans, 42-0. And after that disaster, out went uh, previous head coach Walt Harris and in came Jim Harbaugh as the new head coach for 2007. Uh, Harbaugh comes in with an NFL pedigree and a big-time college pedigree, being the former quarterback at Michigan and in the NFL. But now Harbaugh was fresh off two consecutive 11-1 seasons as the head coach at the University of San Diego at the FCS level. And so, coming into their 2007 matchup, both USC and Stanford were four games into their season. And uh, spoiler alert, USC was great as always, undefeated, all that, and Stanford was absolutely terrible. USC was coming off a narrow road win at Washington, but their first three games were all blowouts, including at number 14 Nebraska in week two. But Stanford arrived in uh, LA with a miserable, miserable one and three record. The only one came at home against cupcake opponent San Jose State, who they lost to the year prior. The other three games were against ranked Pac-10 teams. All three were massive blowouts. Now can you begin to see that it's pretty reasonable that Vegas put USC as 41-point underdogs for this game? And uh, if that's not enough for you, uh, here's something else. Uh, Stanford's quarterback, starting quarterback, T.C. Ostrander, wasn't even going to play after suffering seizure the week before. So he was pretty much mad to begin with, but they were going to be without him. Uh, the backup, though, was sophomore Tavita Pritchard. His career stats, uh, 1 of 3 passing for 10 yards. 1 of 3 passing for 10 yards. 10 yards, okay. And his intro to culture ball is going to be against this type of defense. Stanford was not, wasn't even in the same realm as SC in terms of how deep they were. When we studied the USC football team in 2007, predicted that there was 40 players on their roster that would eventually play in the National Football League. But perhaps Pritchard's lack of experience gave him an advantage in this game. Here comes Tavita Pritchard, who never started a game, had a lot of bravado, a lot of charisma, a lot of confidence, absolutely nothing to that point to back it up. But maybe was just naive enough in his own really great way to walk in there and and pull off what happened. And sure enough, Pritchard just shrugged it off. They said, you know, TC's not he's not gonna be cleared to play this week, so I mean you're gonna be you're gonna be going, you're gonna be up. And so I said, Alright. So before we get into the game, uh, let's just recap for a second. Stanford. One of the worst teams in all of the Power Five conferences. And probably one of the worst teams in college football period. In the midst of another terrible season under a new head coach and a backup quarterback. And they were about to face off against one of the best teams in the nation most dominant program in college football in this time period in a stadium that hadn't lost in in about six years. So Vegas obviously saw this and promptly placed the Trojans as 41-point favorites. 
However, the Trojans weren't exactly healthy either, missing missing two starting offensive linemen, which shouldn't be a big deal. And obviously, this game is going to be a blowout. So, uh, you know, let's just get on the game. Uh, I'm going to keep this very short and sweet for all, all of you guys listening. Uh, obviously, this is going to be very uneventful. So, let's just get right into it. And so, Stanford gets the ball first, and promptly and predictably, they go three and out. USC drives right down the field, but settles for a 35-yard field goal by David Beeler. And the first quarter pretty much stayed that way. Uh, Stanford's offense appeared to really stand no chance against this vaunted USC defense, uh, but the over 40 points per game Trojan offense only mustered that lone field goal, surprisingly enough, and against a defense that was allowing over 35 points a game. That makes sense. Slow start, I guess. But don't worry, USC fans, because midway through the second quarter, the USC offense would find some success. Uh, after a 23-yard pass play from senior quarterback John David Booty to junior wide receiver Patrick Turner set USC up at the Stanford two-yard line, the Trojans would break through and score the game's first touchdown on a plunge by senior running back Chauncey Washington. From the one, Washington, touchdown USC! Washington's fifth rushing touchdown of the season. But USC would remain in the single digits as Beeler's PAT was blocked by defensive lineman Pinnell Egbo. 7-15 left in the first half, 9-0 Trojans. Let's fast forward to the last 13 seconds of the first half. Don't worry, you haven't missed anything major. USC has the ball and drives yet again deep into Stanford territory and has a fourth and goal at the one-yard line. Uh, they hand the ball to Chauncey Washington, who plunges right at the middle. Fourth and goal from the one. 13 seconds left in the half. Washington. Nothing doing. Stanford's going to stop him. What a great effort by the defensive line of Stanford. That goal line stop sent a message. Stanford wasn't here to just be competitive. They were here to win. And it was still 9-0 SC. But Stanford was the team that sprinted off the field, high-fiving to the locker room. And all of a sudden, they felt like, hey, we, we, we can stand up to these guys. It was, a, it was a literal stand, but it was a figurative stand as well. We can do this. They can't push us around like they think they can. The score, USC 9-0 over the overmatched Stanford at halftime. Going into the second half, the story of the game so far was just how well Stanford's defense had held up against the USC offense. Uh, but the big problem for Stanford was their offense. Uh, while they didn't commit a turnover, Stanford only managed 50 total yards and punted every single drive. So, Tavita Pritchard came in. Uh, they've had a few guys out, but ultimately, they looked completely overmatched on that side of the ball, which makes sense considering their struggles throughout the entire year. Now for the second half. The question begs itself, can USC shake off the slow start and pull away from this energized and full of hope Stanford squad? After the team's trade punts to open up the half, John David Booty fires a pass in the direction of freshman fullback Stanley Havili, who is running a wheel route out of the backfield on third and one. And for defense to get consistent pressure on John David Booty. As we mentioned, Pac-10 school record, 35 straight wins at home, 24 in conference play. Marshall Dennis now checks into the backfield. Booty's pass picked off. Could be Golden Goal post for Yancey. Touchdown, Stanford. 
Yeah, so Havili wasn't really looking for the ball there, allowing for a sophomore strong safety, Austin Yancey, to step in front of the pass and take it right to the house. That would be Yancey's only INT on the season, uh, but it was pretty important and pretty memorable. And the mood among the USC fans in the Revere Coliseum, the one that made USC virtually unbeatable during Pete Carroll's time as head coach, began to grow quite uneasy. When that pick six happened, I think there was, a, there was a change in the electricity in that crowd. All of a sudden, it was, you know what, there's a real threat here. And after that interception return by Austin Yancey, the USC offense didn't really rebound. And in fact, the offense continued to implode. The very next possession, a fumble by senior tight end Fred Davis, stripped by linebacker Clinton Snyder and recovered by defensive back Nick Sanchez. Five, 11 minutes to play in the third. Stanford jumping around on defense. Rudy straight drop, has some time over the middle, pass caught at the 50, inside the 45, fumble! And I think Stanford's got it. It may be Sanchez, and it is. Davis caught it, could not hang on. And Pete Carroll, the frustration continues. Then Stanford punts. Next USC possession, an interception. This time by defensive back Nick Sanchez on a third and 18 airmail pass from Booty. Third down and 18. Osbury, the redshirt freshman, wide to the left. Two wide receivers near side. Stanford shows blitz, but they only bring four. Booty has time. The deep pass. Picked off again by Nick Sanchez this time. Booty's second interception of the evening. And the Cougars are out of the Coliseum. And for those of you keeping track, that's three Trojan drives to open up the second half. And all three ended up in turnovers. Pretty amazingly bad stuff from what is supposed to be the most dominant football program in the early to mid-2000s. But then USC finally gets a break of their own, as Tavita Pritchard throws an ill-advised deep bomb that's easily intercepted by sophomore safety Taylor Mays. 15 yards that the Stanford offense desperately needs against this USC defense. That's one of the longer games of the evening. Pritchard going deep down the middle for Bradford. It's going to be picked off inside the 20 down at the 18-yard line. I know I've barely talked about Stanford's offense, and that's because they've done literally nothing but punt all game long. And so far, it's working out pretty decently. I mean, Stanford's still in the game, and they're just relying on USC to make mistakes to keep them in the game. So with that Pritchard interception, uh, five combined offensive drives between the two teams opened up second half, four resulted in turnovers. And the USC offense, which had been unstoppable all year, suddenly just could not get out of its own way. But on the next possession, John David Booty finds tight end Fred Davis on third and two from the USC 37 to move the sticks, and then some. Still Mason for USC. Avili back at the fullback spot. Booty play action again. The deep out caught. Davis has some running room. Inside the 30, still on his feet. Touchdown, USC. Just like that. 16-7, Southern California leads. Two minutes, 54 seconds left in the third quarter. They are finally starting to pull away. And But for betters, I, I'm pretty sure they're not going to cover that 40-plus point spread. Uh, but for USC fans, a W is what they'll take all day at this point. 
Now, could a Stanford offense finally do something now that their defense has broken a little bit? Uh, the offense has negative total yardage in the third quarter to this point. So, what's the answer? By the way, at this point, Pritchard was 3 of 14 for 29 yards and one interception. Woof. And as a team, uh, Stanford had 62 total yards compared to USC's 379, and yet we're down by 9 points. That is pretty ridiculous. And of course, it only makes sense that Stanford engineers a masterful 9-play, 75-yard drive in 2 minutes and 54 seconds, including this incredible 36-yard catch by Stanford wide receiver Mark Bradford. Is up for a quarterback saying the defense typically gets hotter down here. More pressure. They can ex he can expect pressure as he gets closer in. And here they come. Richard goes back. Hit as he lets it fly, looking for Bradford. Caught inside the five-yard line. My goodness. Richard takes a hit again, and Bradford comes up with a spectacular catch of 36 yards leading to this one-yard plunge by running back Anthony Kimball. Kimball, right side, tries to go over the top. Touchdown, Stanford! And obviously, if Stanford hadn't scored here, they surely would have been buried. Instead, Pritchard makes a few gutsy throws to Mark Bradford and engineers an efficient 75-yard touchdown drive after being completely helpless and overwhelmed all game. So the Stanford offense, which had been terrible all year against a defense with so much more talent than them, and sudden, and after being terrible off game, suddenly figured out something worked. But now it's 16-14 to 14 with the Trojans still up, but 14 minutes and 54 seconds left in the game. So, of course, this game featuring two offenses that could not get out of their own ways suddenly turned into a shootout. USC offense answers right back, as, a, as freshman wide receiver Ronald Johnson gets behind the defense and Booty finds him all alone for a 46-yard touchdown pass. Fresh set of downs, though, for the Trojans. Closing in on 11 minutes to play in the ballgame. Pass this time, Booty going right down the middle, wide open. Pass to the freshman Johnson. Touchdown, USC! Although... Replay showed Johnson did not cross the plane. The TD was not re reviewed, although USC was down on the one-yard line, and I'm sure they would have scored anyway, uh, but it's worth noting here. And while the Stanford offense yet again drove into Southern California territory, the Trojans did hold on third and two, uh, forcing a field goal attempt. But on the attempt, USC was called offsides on the field goal try, giving Stanford new life and a fresh set of downs. But the USC defense would hold again and eventually force another short field goal attempt from their own 10-yard line. Senior kicker Derek Belch would drill the field goal, cutting the USC lead to 23-17 with 5 minutes and 46 seconds left in the game. USC gets the ball back, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, after a sack, USC finds themselves in a third and 19 with 3 minutes to go from their own 37-yard line. John David Booty delivers a strike to the open Patrick Turner in the middle of the field. Wait, hold on. He he was open, uh, but check that. Uh, Booty sails the pass over Turner's head and into the chest of senior defensive back Wopamu Osaisai. They got everybody up on the line. They back off and rush five. Here's the pressure on Booty. Pass. Incomplete. Inter 
interception by John David Booty tonight. Uh, this marks the second time where Booty completely airmails an open receiver deep down the field, leading to an interception. Now, Stanford, down six, with two minutes and 50 seconds to go, needs 46 yards to get to the end zone and tie slash take the lead. No pressure for Stanford's new wide-eyed starting quarterback, of course. Well, after one first down, uh, it was going pretty good, uh, but now Stanford finds itself in 4th and 20 with the game on the line and needing to get to the USC 9-yard line to convert. Tavita Pritchard actually never heard the play call from the sideline, so he calls a play on his own. I just remember being across the field and him yelling something to me, and I don't remember being able to hear it. Not successfully, if we would like them as a coaching staff. I knew there could only be a couple of things. So I went back to the huddle, and I was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Comes back. Like, guys, I, I couldn't hear him. <laughs> I don't got the play. But we're going to run double go. So I'm sitting there like, man, we don't even got the play. This is obviously going to be just fine. No, seriously, it's going to be just fine. That incredible game-saving catch was made by wide receiver Richard Sherman. You may have heard of him, although his fame comes from his exploits on the opposite side of the ball in the NFL. Fast forward a few plays. After a few unsuccessful attempts at finding the end zone and an untimely substitution infraction penalty, Stanford has one last chance to pull off the upset with 54 seconds left, fourth and goal from the USC 10-yard line. Fourth and goal from the 10. Richard, straight drop, goes to the feet on the other side. Bradford, touchdown, USC! Tavita Pritchard threw the ball up for grabs, and Mark Bradford, who was having the game of his life, came down with it over junior Mozique McCurtis. And with the extra point, Stanford. Out of will hold. Belts for the extra point. He has not missed this year or for his career. Stanford has taken the lead. With 49 seconds left, USC is out of timeouts. Stanford finally took the lead 24-23, leaving 49 seconds for USC to at least get in field goal range, but with no timeouts remaining. After a face mask penalty on Stanford on the return, set USC up on their own 40-yard line, Stanford sacked John David Booty for a 7-yard loss. After a spike and an incomplete pass, USC had one last chance, 4th and 17 from their own 34, Booty drops back to pass. And there you have it. In a season characterized by wacky games and upsets and weird teams being ranked unusually high, uh, this instance may have been one of the craziest moments of that 2007 college football season. While Appalachian State gets all the publicity for its win over Michigan, this game actually was the greatest upset of all time by point spread to this point of college football history, which was 41 points. It wasn't until 2017 when this feat would be topped when Howard beat UNLV despite being 45-point underdogs.
while I wouldn't consider Appalachian State's win over Michigan a fluke, uh, obviously I said that in an earlier episode, I think the opposite could be said about Stanford's amazing feat over the Trojans. Why? Well, let's fast forward to the end of the 2007 college football season. Stanford yet again missed a bowl game. They went 4-8, and eight, while USC finished ranked third in the poll with their only other loss coming at number five, Oregon. And they finished 11-2 on the year. And they won the Rose Bowl again with a victory over Illinois. Let's talk about yardage discrepancy for a bit. Well, uh, USC almost nearly doubled Stanford's total yards in the game. Stanford had 235 total yards, and USC had 459 total yards. Almost doubled that of Stanford, obviously, and still lost. With a big discrepancy coming when USC passed for 200 more yards than Stanford in the game. But let's talk about turnovers, which is probably the biggest reason this game was a fluke. And the biggest reason why Stanford was able to be competitive despite not moving the ball at all in offense. And the, the, the elephant in the room, obviously, was the turnover turnover disparity. USC committed five turnovers in the game, with four of them coming on interceptions by John David Booty. When compared to Stanford's lone turnover coming on interception by Tavita Pritchard. Uh, both quarterbacks didn't play that well, obviously. Uh, John David Booty had a pretty good completion percentage, lots of yards, two touchdowns, but the four interceptions obviously loomed large. Uh, Pritchard, uh, he played, he had some gutsy, gutsy throws, but uh, the box score does not do him kindly. 11 of 30 for 149 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Uh, so to keep it pretty, uh, pretty clear, uh, Pritchard was pretty bad. So why did John David Booty play so terrible? He had been a really good quarterback throughout his entire career as a Trojan, and all of a sudden threw four interceptions against one of the worst defenses in the Pac-10. Well, it was reported after the game uh, that in the second quarter, John David Booty uh, broke his finger when he hit when he hit his hand on a Stanford player's helmet, and as a result, Carroll blames himself for the loss because of his failure to bench John David Booty and his failure failure to recognize how. Him being hurt could really hurt their offense. I was a really good football player. I made a horrendous mistake in that game. It was really a bad situation. He hurt himself in the first half, you know, and and, uh, and I, I asked him if he was okay to play in the second half. And like a football player and a great competitor does as he was, uh, yeah, I'm fine, you know. Just unfortunate that he was banged up in the game and I played longer than I should have. This game was so incredible that Sports Illustrated actually chose this game over Appalachian State and Michigan as the biggest upset of 2007. Now, think, on a surface level, this is pretty crazy. A game between two conference opponents was deemed a bigger upset than an FCS team beating an FBS team. Never mind that, an FCS team beating uh, one of college football's premier blue blood programs, who was ranked really highly at the beginning of the season. With a look to the future, it wasn't until the arrival of Andrew Luck in 2009 when the Cardinal began to take off under Jim Harbaugh, winning nine games before winning 12 in 2010, the Cardinal would go on to win 11 or more games in four straight years, finally taking a step back only recently. After another great year and Rose Bowl in 2008, Carroll left USC after 2009 amid scrutiny from the NCAA. USC has experienced inconsistent levels of success ever since, uh, but it, it's, it, it'd be a reach to say uh, that USC can ever attain the level of dominance they enjoyed in the early to mid-2000s. To all of the overachievers and underdogs, this has been the Cinderella series. Thanks for listening.